0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode four of College Kid Talking College Sports. I'm your host, Korea Pounds, and in this episode, it's going to be a pretty long one again, Um, but here's a little roundup of what's going to happen. First, uh, I'm going to tell you about what's going on at Colorado State. Um, Actually, no, first I'm going to tell you about um, what's going on with the We Are United movement in terms of the Pac-12 and what's going on in the Big Ten. Um, I'm going to tell you about what's going on at Colorado State. Um, Big news out of UConn earlier today. Um, Some breaking news out of UCLA. Um, I'm going to give you some updates about what's going to happen with the college football playoff and how everything's being pushed back a little bit. Also going to give you um, some updates about uh, the NCAA making their decision on happening, on fall sports happening or not. Uh, I'm going to give you a breakdown of the schedules for each conference that has announced a schedule and the, the last two remaining power five conferences the big 10 and the big 12 have already released their uh schedules for the fall but first we're going to get into um this whole we are united movement so if for everybody who does not know the we are united movement is led by a bunch of Pac 12 football players and their main stance on it is to bring awareness to the fact that most of these players who are opting to play are playing under big risk with this global pandemic and also with what's going on in terms of the black lives matter movement in the united states and what these players want is kind of an understanding um, not just an understanding as to, you know, if they're going to be playing or not, but an understanding of why Mark Emmer and people involved with NCAA have not given a clear, How wouldn't say clear, a more concrete, there we go, a concrete understanding and basically protocols to make them feel safe. Now, Earlier this week, um, big news out of Washington State. Um, There was a little bit of a PR stunt, if you did not know. um, Wide receiver Cassidy Woods, who is, I think, going to be in his second or third year at Wazoo, um, he was basically told to pack up his stuff and leave um, and not play. But reading more more articles about that, he kind of opted out. He wanted to leave because of safety concerns uh regarding his um sickle cell anemia which is a very very big um i wouldn't say disease but it's an illness that um if he catches the if he catches covid it will be detrimental he could potentially die so i completely understand why um he opted out but the real controversy is um him and head coach new head coach nick rolovic um they had a phone call about what's going on with, an order, with the Pac-12 We Are United movement. And there's some transcripts out there um, that say what happened or what he said. And Cassidy Woods recorded the phone call. And he rec- and there is a little clip that um, really rubbed people the wrong way um, that said um, Rolovic asked Um, Cassidy Woods, the receiver, are you going to be involved with the Pac-12 Unity We Are United movement? And Cassidy Woods simply answered, yes, sir. And then Rolovic answered, that's going to be an issue in terms of long run and stuff like that. And that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because it is basically kind of disassociating with what's going on. And kind of focusing on the football team now. Rolovic did apologize, and he regrets what he said. But um, personally, I just think it's a big PR thing. You know, WSU PR scrambling to find out um, how to solve this problem. Solve, solve this crisis. crisis management for all my calm people. This is crisis management right here, <laughs> and um, it's just. It's been a huge issue, um, especially because you see football players in the NFL and you see professional players really wanting to make sure that their voices are heard in terms of what's going on. And the best example of this right now is the NBA. The NBA, Adam Silver, is doing a great job. He is letting the players know that they are safe and they're letting the players express their voice in difficult times right now, whichever they want to do that. And right now, I got to say, the NBA right now is doing a really good job with that. Right th- Today, as of today, as of today I'm recording this, which is Wednesday, August 5th of 2020, they recorded no COVID tests, no more, no positive, no nothing. So that's one. And they're letting the athletes wear their Black Lives Matter jerseys. Or jerseys, that would say, vote or um, basically inspirational stuff trying to um, use their voice. And I love how Adam Silver really addressed it. And I have to say, he's doing a very good job. And that's basically what the college athletes want. But there's a little bit of a twist of what the college athletes want. What they they want as well... Um, a little bit of a pay raise as well they want uh 50 50 with coaches and um themselves i was reading a tweet from U- university of washington cornerback i think elijah Corden, and he basically uh, gave his opinion on what is going on and i really agree with what he had to say he really was very adamant about player safety in terms of covid and player advocacy in terms of Black Lives Matter movement. But he did not agree with everything that they were standing for in terms of getting money and all that stuff. And I agree with that. And that's another conversation for another time. But for the most part, he was very with them. And I am very with this this group. I feel as if um, these college athletes should really, really be safe. They should have as much safety as they can. Because their lives could depend on it. I mean, if they catch it, I mean, I was reading an article about how this one University of Indiana cornerback was suffering such bad symptoms that he was he could potentially die. And the stigma around these athletes saying like, oh, they're probably not going to catch it. Well, now obviously they're catching it left and right. Have you seen the MLB lately? <laughs> I mean, that's a bad joke, but I mean, the MLB is really bad right now. Anyways, um, uh huh. It's just, it's really scary, and I completely side with what they're doing over there. I hope everything works out for them um, in terms of having a season. Uh, I know the Big Ten as well has um, started to implement this. The um, their com- their um, conference, uh, their players have published a list of demands, uh, basically for safety measures revolving around the coronavirus and. I think this is you're going to be seeing this in every single conference this year. And I like how a lot of people are starting to do this. And it's all about player safety right now. It's all about just human safety right now, making sure you're safe, making sure the person next to you is safe, making sure everybody is safe. And so that's pretty much the big thing with that. Moving on uh, to some news about uh, Colorado State. So Colorado State in Fort Collins, Colorado. um They're a little bit under a scandal as well. Um, It was a report by Bleacher Report reported yesterday that their football coaches are allegedly telling players not to report if they are diagnosed with COVID. And I think this is absolutely ridiculous that um, not that like, obviously, the coach, not the players aren't reporting it, that the coaches are telling them not to. And it's... Ridiculous how people are just so concerned about their own well-being or their own happiness that they'll diminish the people's other happiness to get it. And with this, it really raised an eye for me. It really surprised me because Colorado State and Fort Collins, it's, they've, they've had a relatively good program over there running in through, uh, the Mountain West Conference, um, and it's just, it's just a shame, like, when you think about it, it's just a shame, and there are also additions to this article saying that, um, the coaches would, uh, punish them if they quarantined, and I think that's just so ridiculous, he it's just it's just a shame to see something like this and in reality um the Colorado State Rams had 16 confirmed cases of this past Sunday of the coronavirus and it's a shame how people who are supposed to be leaders aren't really leading by example that that's a good way to phrase it you have these coaches who these players look up to, and they're not even leading by example. Basically, telling them, "Oh, I uh, don't co- don't quarantine, or else they will get less playing time," which I think is just ridiculous. If you're telling, if you are threatening a player who is trying to con- be concerned about their safety, if you are threatening that, and you're saying, "Oh, if uh, if you quarantine, uh, you'll get less playing time." I think that's ridiculous. Obviously, there's two sides to every story. Uh, I'm still waiting to hear about what the coaches have to say. Um, obviously, the athletic director for Colorado State, which is Joe Parker, he's obviously saying siding. Excuse me, with the coaches saying that he's denying that the staff is um, avoiding safety protocols and all that stuff, but. Some of the players don't feel safe. They feel as if they're kind of in this weird position. It's, there's just, there's two sides to every story. That's all I'm going to say. There are two sides to every story. This is just something that really surprised me because I would think Colorado State would be doing a great job of just trying to make sure that everybody's healthy uh, and healthy happy and healthy on that team and everyone's following the safety protocols so this was just a little something um i just had to say um if it's true then i'm disgusted if it's not true then something really big is going on there's a big distrust between coaches and players obviously and that that's something that they need to work out by themselves so next so next um we're gonna get into some more breaking news um out of the American Conference, where the University of Connecticut, uh, UConn, uh, they have canceled their whole twenty twenty football season because of the challenges revolving around COVID. And to me, I was this is actually kind of funny, um, not because of that, but because I was hanging out with my friend uh, for my birthday, and he goes to the University of Connecticut. He knows who he is, and we were just joking about it like oh what if um uh, <laughs> like what if they cancel the program like he's like they probably should and like no disrespect to the University of Connecticut organization but they're not that great at football they're more of a basketball school especially for women's basketball um they've always had one two win seasons and it's just really not going anywhere so I wouldn't say I'm surprised by this i mean I'm, I'm surprised because i mean uconn is a very prominent school um in the american in the american Co- in the american athletic conference but i am a little surprised that they just canceled the whole season and right which kind of affects the american conference because each team probably has to play university of connecticut and they just said we're not going to have a season and um according to their athletic director which is dave benedict he said and i quote after receiving guidance from state and public health officials and consulting with football student athletes, we decided that we will not compete on the gridiron this season. The safety challenges created by COVID nineteen place our football student athletes at an unacceptable level of risk. Now I do see that's just a generalized statement, but I do agree with that. Um, also, with the fact that UConn, um, they're not that good of a, they're not that good of a team. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to dis the university of connecticut or anything or anything like that but um and when when you're having one or two win seasons and you you i don't know if you i don't know if the student athletes really want to play i don't know if the coaches really want to coach and stuff like that so it's kind of all around so that's pretty much and they're the first fbs program to cancel its football season pretty much i mean we had um a school i think it was moorhead no it was it was one of the HBCUs. They canceled their for fall program. That was a few months ago. But this is the first FBS. They were FCS. So this is pretty much a big deal. Um, Because UConn, um, they're known. They're well-known. So uh, they will not be getting on the gridiron this fall. And I just wanted to report that. And breaking news today. Out of LA, eight UCLA players uh, tested positive for COVID. Now, obviously la it's a big area very high population and unfortunately a very outbreak, a very high outbreak city for coronavirus so they um they reported that eight of their players tested positive today um eric sodheimer of the la times reported that la county health report no excuse me reported la county health director barbara fair revealed this today um this is a little surprising and also a little scary because I mean UCLA is part of this pack the Pac-12 and they're in this we are united group. So seeing what's happening with the with UCLA having 8 players, I mean it's not thankfully it's not in the double digits and hopefully all these players do recover in time for the season if they want to play or just in general if they do recover to stay alive. Um, I do hope that all of them are okay, but it's very scary because at the same time that part of the Pac-12, a lot of these football players involved with the We Are United group will see this as something of a setback, seeing them like, oh, well, we already have eight tests in UCLA, who else? I mean, you have California and Arizona, which are two hotspots right now. And a majority of the Pac-12 schools are in those two states. I mean, you have ASU and University of Arizona, Cal Stanford. UCLA and USC. So I six schools, and it you don't it's just you don't know you you don't know six six out of twelve schools are in these two states, and it's just scary. It's very scary to see. Uh, but I do hope um they're okay, and I hope they're recovering well. Also, a little bit of information, um, breaking news today as well. Um, NCAA. Uh. Uh, Division two and Division three, each both each announced today that they are not going to be holding fall championships as originally it scheduled. It's just a little something. Um, it's it's kind of big. I mean, Division two. Um, that's um, those are the smaller schools. Division three as well. Um, it's just not that obviously prominent because it's not Division one. And I tend to focus on Division one, but this is big news as well. Um, we've already seen. Um, a bunch of schools that are smaller already canceling their programs and stuff like that. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what happens now as we're getting closer to the season. Uh, and what's happening this season? Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, we I found a tweet uh from Ralph D Russo on Twitter, uh, at Ralph D Russo AP, uh, and he confirmed. At the college football schedule, the college football playoff selection committee release its final rankings, which is obviously determine who's going to be in the semifinals and who's not, and also New Year's Six, will be now on December 20th, now being pushed back a couple weeks because obviously some championships are now on the 19th of December. Now, it's interesting because now obviously they're also saying that The semifinals are going to be on January 1st, and now the championship is going to be 10 days later on January 11th. And it's going to be interesting to see um, how everything handles because you have some teams that are, some conferences that are starting earlier, some that are starting later, some that are ending earlier, some that are ending later, and all that vice versa stuff. And so you really don't know how everything's going to look, or how everything's going to pretty much seam out and i mean i hope that we have a really good college football playoff this year uh but with no the, with no non-conference it's gonna be a little challenging to see who really is a top team i mean if you have like a well depending on how many games are in each conference i know there that are 10 in the pack 12 so you have like a 9-1 or maybe 10-0 University of Oregon team. And you have a 9-1 Georgia team. Are you going to put that Georgia team over Oregon? Because, like, you really can't measure non-conference. You only can measure conference if they made it to the championship game or not. So it's very, very small wiggle room. So if you're one of these teams that are on the border, you're really, really hoping that you have somewhat of a big edge over the other team that's trying to get into the playoff and out. Obviously, for those who don't know, the college football playoff is determined by four teams. Uh, it's a bracket on matchup, so one versus four, and then two versus three. Winner moves on to the championship. And there's always some controversy around the top four, and then especially that fifth spot. We've had some bad teams sneak in sometimes, good teams that are left out, and all that stuff last year it was pretty solid that we kind of knew that the day of the reveal we kind of knew who the top four would be uh we sometimes we've had some weird rankings. sometimes we've had um teams that are in i've i've personally written about it um, through my school paper um <laughs> a lot <laughs> and um i've also written it on my blog you can check that out as well uh but In terms of this year, it's going to be very, very, very tight in terms of like having a team from a different conference in versus out and stuff like that. So there's less wiggle room for these teams that are almost trying to get in or not or stuff like that. So it's very it's going to be very difficult for the fifth spot. To really prove that they're worthy of being over that fourth team. Unless they either win their conference potentially. Or just have a very impressive season, I guess. So, we'll see how that goes if we do have a season this fall. Speaking of if we do have a season this fall. Um, the NCAA. Uh, they announced um, that the conferences must make their decision on fall sports by August 21st which is two weeks from this Friday. And that's kind of late if I if my opinion, because some conferences are gonna be starting like in the two weeks after that, or like a few days or a few like of like stuff like that. So I would say it's a little late from them make that decision, but the NCAA Board of Governors announced t- today, that conferences must make a final decision about whether fall sports will be contested by August 21st. So, they do have a span of about 16 days from now to determine whether or not they're going to make it. My favorite guy, Mark Emmert, (laughs) he said, and I quote, "...first and foremost, we need to make sure you provide a safe environment for college athletes to compete for an opportunity to play in NCAA championships." A decision based on the realities in each division will provide clarity for conferences and campuses as they determine how to safely begin the academic year and the return to sports. So, I do like what he's talking about. How to make how to become back safely, how to make sure everybody else is safe. But it's very, very hard when you're not giving anybody answers. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to be cunt, but your statement is very contradictory you say that you want to make sure you provide a safe environment but how are you going to do that that's what these players are asking for and so i I can get into that another time but basically they the the whole all the conferences have until the 21st to make their decision and we'll see whether or not i'm going to do a special um around this time i'm gonna do a special episode uh to keep you guys informed whether or not Um, Some of these conferences have said yes, said no. I'm going to give you the rundown, give you why. And I'm going to hopefully have a player or two from like our conference that is not having fall sports and hopefully have an athlete to talk to me about what's going on and how um, their sport has been affected in terms of their scholarship as well. Um, So that is the news about that. So if you're into like fall sports for college football or just any fall sports in general, keep that date circled, August 21st. That is two weeks from this Friday, and they, you will provi- they will provide you with a bunch of information as to who is opting in and who is opting out. And speaking of schedules, so we have pretty much most of college football, their schedules have mostly come out. We've seen throughout these coming weeks, the schedule i said i talked on it last week we had the big um excuse me no we did not we had the acc we had the pac-12 and we had the sec that was last week and now joining them was the big 12 and the big 10 this week to round up the top the power five conferences in releasing their schedules but you also have some of these other schools like the american now what the american conference is doing they're doing uh an eight-game conference schedule with the ability to play up to four non-conference. So, that is interesting. Really, really interesting. I don't know how successful that's going to be because I don't know. I mean, obviously, you have UConn who just said we're not having any anybody this year. Like, we're not having anybody step on our field. So, that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, we have... Um, the army navy game which is apparently still on schedule um you have some big games like you have uh houston who's in that conference um obviously i already talked about earlier you have uconn uh you have ucf in that conference and ucf has been very good these past few years um you have newcomer memphis who uh won the conference and went to the um uh excuse me went to the uh, cotton bowl this year uh that conference is pretty good. There, They have a lot of talent in that conference. You have Cincinnati, who's always in the top 25. Um, yeah, you have Temple, Tulane. Uh, so what this eight-game conference schedule will look like, it's still to be determined. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, I personally think um, the whole UConn schedule being scratched pretty much forced them to have this Uh, option to play four non-conference games um, because UConn was pretty much like one team that I'm gonna say everybody thought they were gonna win against but it was like you know a a game in the schedule pretty much and now since that's gone um, you know we're gonna see Uh, but the American conference also announced that it will require coronavirus testing for teams at least 72 hours before football games which is very smart Um, you want to be tested um three days before games and it will be uh the protocol excuse me will be in place throughout the regular season and going into bowl season so that's pretty standard Uh, i already talked about the acc i'll talk about the big 12 soon i'll talk about the big 10 soon um other independents um um we don't really know what's happening with them uh byu is a big school um that's kind of up in the air no one really knows what's happening with them uh, so, <laughs> we're gonna see with that. Um, also, um, the MAC and Mountain West, they're still up in the air, but they have until August 21st, obviously. Uh, I already talked about the Pac-12. I, I already talked about the SEC. Um, the Sun Belt, they approved a college football schedule that features eight conference games and up to four non-league games. And their season will be during the first week of this will begin the first week of September and it will maintain normal divisions and is scheduling its championship game for December 5th. But it can be moved to another date. Um, yeah. And then you have these other um, FCS schools. You have the Big Sky, which does not know what they're doing yet. The Big South, which does not know what they're doing. The Colonial. Um, they are canceling the season um some independents uh robert morse um they're still kind of up in the air uh the independents uh, the great west they're done ivy league is being postponed uh the MIAC is postponing uh missouri valley that's a big one uh that's where um i think north dakota yeah that's where north dakota and south dakota state are and those are like the two like big schools from the FCS that everyone really knows and talks about and there's some big names coming out that are like Trey lance uh quarterback for South uh <clears throat> for uh the Bison, excuse me, North Dakota State. Uh so I kind of hope they have a season because I mean they're they're a really good conference. So we'll see with that. Uh the Northeast Conference, we don't, we don't know yet. Ohio Valley is same. Uh Patriot League canceled everything on July 13th. Uh the Pioneer Football League, we don't know. Southern we don't know southland we don't know the slack is planning for spring football so they're not going to be having anything in the fall and that's about it so that's a little update for you uh the biggest one is the american conference having an eight conference game regular eight game conference ge- schedule and four additional non-conference and that's about it and now we get into our final two power five conferences first I'm going to start with the Big Ten because they have a week-by-week conference schedule as well. Um, so the Big Ten revealed pretty much early today um, that their football schedule will start as early as the weekends of September 5th. So pretty much the first weekend of September. With the final game slated for November 21st to align with the academic calendars. So pretty much around Thanksgiving heading into the end of the semester. Uh, the Big Ten football championship game will remain at Lucas Oil Stadium, which is the home of the Indianapolis Cap- Indianapolis Colts, excuse me, for December 5th, though it could be moved to as late as December 19th, so obviously that could be moved a couple weeks, uh, depending on what happens. Um, so we have each of the schedules for all 12 teams, wait no, not 12, 14, this is fourteen conference. 14 teams in the conference, excuse me. All 14 teams, we have the schedules. Um, Right now, I'm seeing each team has two buys. And um, in their 12-week schedule, so obviously, that would mean they have 10 games. And um, they all end on week 12. And then week 13 is like a rest week. And then week 14 is the championship. All right, we're going to start with um, the Illinois Illini. So the Illini... They are playing against Ohio State, Week One. Oh boy, (laughs) and uh, that's not easy. Um, I have to admit, I think Iowa is at home. In fact, yes, I not not Iowa, Iowa, Illinois. Illinois is at home, so Illinois hosts Ohio State Week One. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be a very very good game. Um actually you know what i'm gonna start with some notable matchups um ohio state michigan the rivalry it's not the last week anymore it's in the middle of october so so ohio state um they play against the university of michigan um around october 24th which is week eight which is going to be interesting because um that's right in the middle of the right in the middle of their schedule which is kind of weird because usually you think michigan um ohio state would be at the end but uh, you know weird year weird schedules um also you get ohio penn state two weeks after that week 10 um so i mean usually that's a little up there um yeah those are like the two biggest things that surprise me right now um but so illinois schedule they're at home against ohio state on thursday night um, then they travel to uh, Nebraska, and then the University of Indiana, and then they host uh, Purdue. Then then they have their first bye, and then they host Iowa, and then they travel to Northwestern and Wisconsin. Then they host Minnesota. They go to Rutgers, then the bye, and then they host Penn State to finish out the season. So, um, obviously, I haven't been doing that much recruiting, unfortunately, and. Um, but I did hear a big name out of Minnesota, a uh, big wide receiver. Um, I forgot his name. Oh, I know his name. You, you know who I'm talking about. Um, he's opting out of the season, so that's a big loss for Minnesota. Um, I'll get into that when I reach Minnesota. Uh, but the Illini, they had a 6-6 six and six season, I think. Um, they went to a bowl game. They're not that bad. They're not that bad. Uh, this year, it's a little wonky uh playing 10 games I think they may go four and six um I mean if you're gonna you've got to play Ohio State week one I mean that's not easy but I mean it's at home so they got that on they got that with them but I mean you got to play oh that's that's just hard bro that's just hard you got to play Ohio State week one. Ooh, i oh I'm, I'm I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry but I mean, you have Nebraska and then Indiana and Purdue, um, some teams that are kind of like always in the middle or struggling. And then you have uh, Iowa, who's always at the bottom of the rankings. Uh, you have Notre Dame, no, not Notre Dame, Northwestern. And then you got Wisconsin, who is going to be good this year, um, even with the loss of Jonathan Taylor. Um, they still have Cone. And this team is actually made a very people, a lot of people are high on this Wisconsin team. I'll get into that more. And then uh, they host Minnesota, and then they go to records, and then they host Penn State. So yeah, I could see them going four and six. All right, uh, Iowa, uh, the Hawkeyes. They're usually about like in this term probably like a seven and three team, maybe eight and two. You know, always losing a couple games. I mean, their schedule is hard. I mean, you got to play in the Big Ten, the second most dominant conference in football for Division One. So, I mean. It's it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. So they host Maryland week one, and then they travel to Purdue, and then they travel to Minnesota, and then they host Nebraska, then Northwestern, and then they then they host the Illini, and then they have their bye, and then they host no, then they go no, excuse me, they travel to Illinois, have the bye, travel to Penn State, host Michigan State and then have another bye, and then the last two games, <laughs> Wisconsin and Ohio State, Jesus, that back end of the schedule is not easy, I mean, I'm sorry, but you're playing Penn State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State in a, in a three out of four game span, like three teams in a, almost in a four game span, that shit is not easy, <laughs> that is not easy, bro, that's not easy, um, I would tell you right now that I don't, I don't think, uh, God, I think Iowa could potentially go like, uh, seven and three again. I feel like they're kind of win like one of those three games, maybe, uh, maybe at home against Wisconsin. Cause I just, I'm sorry. I don't see them beating Penn state in happy Valley. I don't see them being Ohio state in Columbus. <laughs> I mean, it's already, I mean, I've seen stranger things, but good show by the way. Um, <laughs> If you have Netflix, you should definitely watch it. Um, but I'm sorry. But I mean, their beginning part of the schedule is very, very easy. I mean, you're playing against Nebraska, Northwestern, Illinois, Maryland, a bunch of teams that were either average or below 500 throughout the season last year. Purdue, Minnesota is the one exception. They had a great year. So I can see them potentially starting out like uh, maybe uh, maybe 4-2 and two or, yeah, 4-2 and two and then, Probably ending up going either six and four. Oh boy. Actually no, I can see him going five and one in that stretch. And then ending up six and four or seven and three. I'm sorry, but this is a hard schedule. <laughs> this is not easy. Oh boy. <sighs> Excuse me. Yeah, but this is not easy. <laughs> I mean, if you gotta play Wisconsin and Ohio State, back to back, like bro (laughs) oh boy (laughs) all right let's move on (laughs) so we got next we have minnesota uh the gophers they had a surprise year last year uh they just started they just won games they just won games under fleck pj fleck their head coach and their big model over there row the boat just keep rowing the boat go take it to the next weekend they were taking it all the way to i think they went to the outback bowl i was i'm i believe i forgot who they faced but they had a very good season, finished in the top 25, great year for the Gophers, um, could have made something better if they won um, the, uh, the rivalry game against Wisconsin, that would have been huge for them, but still they had a good year despite that. So, the Gophers, they start out um, back-to-back games against uh, Michigan State on the road and then home against the University of Michigan. And then they host Iowa. Then they travel to Wisconsin. And then Nebraska on the road. And then they host Indiana. And then they have their bye. And then after the bye, they have Purdue at home. And then Illinois on the road. And then they have their second bye. And then they host no Northwestern. And then, m- uh, not Mar- Maryland, excuse me. So, you know... I don't really know how good they're going to be next year considering they have a bunch. They already lost their star wide receiver for this year in terms of just him not playing because of what's going on. So that's a big loss right there. And it's just, I don't know really that much about the program other than um, uh, PJ Fleck and how he basically turned that program around. I got to commend him for doing a great job. Of just making that program very attractive, and um, just putting Minnesota back on the map. But this year, with only an only conference schedule, last year they dominated the non conference. Obviously, this year that's gonna be a big loss for them. Um, this year, I can see them going maybe seven and three. Uh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> and then next we have Nebraska, the Cornhuskers. Oh. Oh no! This is this is not going to be easy for them. Um, Nebraska they start out at Rutgers. Um, also, Rutgers they're having some problems with their coronavirus testing, so I don't know what's going on over there. Um, yeah, so they ho- they go to New Jersey to play the Rutgers, then they host Il- the Il- the Illini, then they host uh, Wisconsin, then they travel to um, Iowa, host Minnesota, and then go to Ohio State. Then they're by, and then they hope. Then they travel to Northwestern, home against Penn State. their second by, and then hope tra- travel to Purdue, and then host um, the univ- no, not Michigan State. Nebraska, they have a bunch of hope. They hired Scott Frost, who coached um, UCF to that amazing turnarounds, um, out of nowhere season where they just took over um, college football. But ever since then, um, they haven't been doing that much. Um, Nebraska, they had some hope this year, but in terms of production, it wasn't really anything uh, noteworthy. So I'm a little hesitant on them. I don't think they're going to be doing that well. I would say, eh, if I had to guess, maybe 3-7, Three and seven, maybe four and six. It's just this conference is already so stacked, and you're playing Ohio State on the road. You got Penn State. You got to play Michigan State, Wisconsin. Like it's not easy. You got to play like you. You're playing some tough teams. So in terms of production, I don't really see that much coming out of Nebraska, and I feel the same for Northwestern. So Northwestern, um, what their schedule is looking like? They travel first to Penn State, then they excuse me then they host wisconsin and then they travel to michigan state host maryland and then travel to iowa before their first buy and then host illinois and nebraska and then travel to purdue second buy, tr- um travel to minnesota and then host michigan oh boy <laughs> i mean you got to play michigan i mean thank god they don't have to play ohio state um that's a good one for them um but northwestern i mean after that one year that they went to the um the big the, not the the big 10 championship game and they lost to ohio state but still like they still went had a good year after that it was yeah, yeah i haven't seen that much i think that was i think that was two years ago that was two years ago yeah that was that wasn't the last season before that but after that i haven't seen anything else from northwestern this year um and I don't think we're going to see anything from Northwestern for a little while. Uh, sorry for all my Northwestern fans. I know one of them who goes, well, I know a good friend who goes to Northwestern, but even he knows what's going on over there. So um, <laughs> moving on, Purdue. <laughs> Purdue, uh, first, they travel to Michigan, and then they host Iowa and Ohio State, then they travel to Illinois, and then they have their first bye, and then they host, no, excuse me, then they travel to Wisconsin, host University of Rutgers. Travel to Minnesota, host Northwestern. Second by, host Nebraska, and then travel to Indiana. Now, Purdue, pretty much ever since Breeze left, it's kind of been... uh, Yeah. Um, So, I don't really know what to expect. um, In terms of success. Uh, I mean, I haven't really seen them do that much. Really? I mean, they're more of a basketball school in my opinion. Um, so I mean, maybe four and six, five and five, I don't know. We'll see with that. And finally in this division, we have Wisconsin. So Wisconsin, they play um like Friday night, first week of the season, they play uh Indiana at at home. Then they travel to Northwestern and then travel to Nebraska, host Minnesota. That's a rivalry game, but that's an already week four host Minnesota then they travel to not travel to Maryland there's a lot of m's in this and then huh, then they host Purdue first by tr- travel to no host Indiana oh jesus oh this is hard whoo host huh. and this this is all going on by the way yeah, if i if i by the way any mistakes i make i'm just going to go through with it because this is natural it's a podcast but um then they host the University of Illinois, then they travel to Michigan second by, then they travel to Iowa, and then they host the University of Rutgers. Wisconsin, they were a team that a lot of people were sleeping on this year. Not in terms of like this past season, but um, a lot of people are saying that uh, Wisconsin can take this conference this year. And with this schedule, I mean, I got to tell you, that's a good shot. I mean... The only hard team they really got to play is Michigan, and they're on the road. Like, the hardest stretch for them is Michigan and uh, Iowa, and they have a buy in between that. Uh, I mean, they host against Minnesota. They beat them on the road last year. I could see this team going 9-1. and one. I really could. Potentially even undefeated if they beat Michigan on the road. Oh, God. That's that's an easy schedule. I'm sorry. like This is easy. Like, look at – I mean, you're playing – like you're playing against Indiana, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota, who you beat last year, Maryland, Purdue, and Illinois in your first seven games, you can go seven and zero in that stretch, and then you got to play Michigan on the road. That that's an iffy game. Then you got to play um, Iowa on the road. That could be an iffy game. And then you play the Rutgers at home in the last game of the season. Oh please, I could see, <laughs> I could see him going ten and zero. I really could. I really could. Now we're moving on to the other division, Indiana. So they obviously play at University of Wisconsin on Friday in the first week. Uh, Then they host Penn State and Illinois. Then they travel to Ohio State. Then their first bye. Then they travel to Minnesota, host Michigan and Maryland. And then travel to Rutgers and Michigan State. Second bye. And then they host Purdue. Ooh. Yeah, um, mm. <laughs> Indiana, I just I just don't see y'all doing that well this year. I'm sorry, I really don't. I could see him going like two and eight, maybe three and seven, just like Nebraska, two and eight, three and seven, maybe. It's just y'all got another hard schedule. I mean, you got to play Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. Like your hardest, you got to play Ohio State, Minnesota, and Michigan. Like even though you get a buy in between, like, it's still hard, like, you got to play three teams that were in the top 25 last year, and then, don't forget, the first two weeks, you're playing Wisconsin and Penn State, like, hello, very good teams right there, so, Uh, I wouldn't be too high on on Indiana, Um, yeah, and, okay, and now you have Maryland, Maryland, um, they travel to, excuse me, they first travel to Iowa, Then they host Michigan State and then the Rutgers. And then they travel to Northwestern. And then they host Wisconsin. And then they have their bye. And then they travel to Penn State and then Indiana. And then host Ohio State, go to Michigan, second bye. And then they face Minnesota at home in the last week. Jesus. Oh, boy. In that five-game stretch in the latter half with Penn State in Ohio State, Michigan, and Minnesota. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, you can make it six. I mean, you're playing Wisconsin and Penn State back-to-back here. I mean, you play Ohio State and Michigan back-to-back. I mean, you finish off against Minnesota. Like, oh, if you're, uh, if you're, if you are, Maryland, when you're looking at the schedule, like, oh, no, we just got, oh, we just got smashed. <laughs> <laughs> if you are Maryland and you're looking at the schedule, you're like, oh, no. What is this, bro? Like, what is this? Like, you got to play Wisconsin and Penn State. I mean, yeah, you got to buy in between, but not. Then you got to play Ohio State and Michigan back to back. And, oh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. All right. Another big school, the University of Michigan. They start out. Actually, Maryland, I can see them going four and six, maybe. Michigan, they Start out at home against Purdue. And they travel to Minnesota, host Penn State, travel to Rutgers, host Michigan State, then their first bye. Then they host no, then they travel to Indiana they travel to Indiana, travel to Ohio State, rivalry game, host Wisconsin, host Maryland, second bye, then they travel to Northwestern. What Harbaugh has done in his Tenure at uh Michigan. Like, I gotta say, it's either put up or shut up time for him at this point. I mean, he's been he's promised them success, and he can't even beat Ryan Day or um uh who else is there, or just anybody in that conference, or Ohio State when or when Urban Meyer was head coach over there. So uh, for me I want to say they're going to go 8-2. I think they're going to lose to both Penn State. and um, Actually, no. Actually, yeah. I think they're going to lose to both Penn State and Ohio State. I, I, I'm sorry. They're, they're not being Ohio State. Ryan Day, um, even though like most of the talent at Ohio State is gone right now, like they're still a very talented team. Like This team is ready to be number two next year. Like This is crazy. So if I'm a Michigan fan... I'm saying, I'm looking at this saying, all right, we're probably gonna go into. Um, I mean, you gotta play Ohio State and Wisconsin back to back. That's hard. Uh, Penn State week three. That's gonna be a big game. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'd probably say about eight and two. Michigan State, the the other Michigan school. Um, they host Maryland. No, they host Minnesota week one. Then they travel to Maryland. Then they host Northwestern. And then they gotta play. Ooh, yo, yeah, yeah. Penn State and Michigan on the road, back-to-back. Then the bye, hosting Ohio State, hosting Rutgers, travel to Iowa, hosting Indiana, bye, going to Northwestern. Oh, no, not Northwestern, uh, Nebraska. Oh, no. <laughs> not another one. <laughs> you got to play Penn State and Michigan back-to-back on the road? Yikes. <laughs> I don't see them doing that well. Um I think they can go 5 and 5 just because they're always on uh, that 5 and 5, 6 and 4 range. But I mean, you got to play Penn State, Michigan and Ohio State in 3 back-to-back to back games. Like not consecutively week to week, but those are their 3 games in a row. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um luckily like that's like the hardest stretch for them. I mean, they they hope they start out against Minnesota, Maryland and Brat and Northwestern and then they finish against Rutgers, Iowa, Indiana, and Nebraska. So mm-hmm. oh, we'll we'll you know what? We are going to see. And then finally, no, not finally, the school that everyone's kind of been expecting to win this Ohio State. Ohio State, they travel to Illinois on Thursday, first week. And then they host the Rutgers, travel to Purdue, then host Indiana. First bye. Then they host Nebraska travel to Michigan State, host Michigan, travel to Minnesota, Travel to Maryland, travel to Purdue, second by hosting Iowa. Not Purdue, Penn State. What am I talking about? So yeah, they, just, they go to Maryland, go to Penn State by hosting Iowa. Oh yeah, I think they're going to be a favorite as well. I mean, they don't play Wisconsin this year. Their schedule is a little more mapped out. I mean, yeah, they play Michigan, Penn State, and Iowa in like three of their last four games. But I mean, look at the beginning schedule. They got to play Illinois, Rutgers, Purdue, Indiana, and Nebraska in their first five games. Like 5-0 and right there. And then you got to play Michigan State, 6-0. and M- Michigan, they always beat them, 7-0. Um, Maryland, 8-0. I could see an upset in Happy Valley, but I'm sorry. I don't know. 9 0, and then Iowa at home, 10 0. I could see him going undefeated. I really could. Okay, Penn State. Uh, they first host um, Northwestern, then they travel to Indiana and then Michigan, and then they host Michigan State, then they travel to Rutgers by, and then they host Maryland and Iowa, travel to Northwestern, host Ohio State by travel to Illinois. I could see them going nine and one, maybe eight and two. That both that Michigan game could be a little that Michigan game is pretty much up in the air, in my opinion. Because Michigan's on the road and Penn State's at home. I mean we could see something crazy happen with Harbaugh. He could actually get a win <laughs> in Happy Valley. So if that's up in the air, I think uh I wanna say they're gonna go eight and two, maybe nine and one. Um they're gonna lose to Ohio State. I'm sorry, but like even though they're at home, like Ohio State's one of the most dominant teams this year, and going to be dominant team this year. So I'm saying nine and one potentially eight and two, no eight and two potentially nine and one if they beat Michigan. All right, and the final team from the Big Ten, we have Rutgers University. Excuse me, one second. <clears throat> okay, Rutgers. So they. Their first game is against Nebraska at home, and then they got to go to Ohio State and Maryland, and then they host Michigan, and then they host Penn State. Their first bye, they travel to Purdue, travel to Michigan State, hosting Indiana and Illinois, second bye, and then traveling to Wisconsin. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Um, Rutgers has always been that kind of last-place team. I can see them going 1-9, and nine, maybe 2-8. and eight. Uh, it's, it's just hard. They have a hard schedule. I mean, you got to play Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and Wisconsin. Ugh, like the four most dominant teams in that conference. Yikes, bro. So this is the Big Ten. Um, my opinion right now, I'm seeing Ohio State and Wisconsin as the favorites. Wisconsin has an easier schedule. Um, but I'm seeing one of those two as the favorites to win the conference. Um, but it's going to be very interesting. And finally, our last story of the day, um, the Big 12. So the Big 12, they have approved a model that includes nine conference games and one non-conference regular, regular season game. So this was announced pretty much two days ago that the Big 12 presidents and chancellors appro- approved excuse me a scheduling model for the upcoming college football season that will include nine conference games and one non-conference game. So the start of conference play will be solidified in the coming weeks, which an anticipate with an anticipated start sometime in mid to late September. So pretty much around where the Pac twelve and the SEC are, uh, the week still expects to play its non conference games before the start of week before the start of week play. So that's interesting. So they're still hoping to play a non conference game before the season actually starts, which is going to be very interesting. Um. Pretty much this is the last this was pretty much the last conference to decide. Um we still haven't got a word on like the four-on schedule for each team, but this is a step in the right direction. Now we have all five conferences um pretty much solidifying themselves as what they're gonna be doing uh for the upcoming seasons. Um in terms of football. Um So, the Big 12, some of the big games that we're missing out on this year are West Virginia, Florida State. We're also missing out on Baylor, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and of course, Texas, LSU. Those have all been scratched. Um, So, we're going to see what happens. Um, Nine games, um, ten teams. Obviously, I'm assuming uh, one bye for, or maybe not, because they're having one non-conference, so... We'll see, we're gonna see um, yeah, but this has been episode number four. I know i'm time I know I keep saying I'm gonna get to recruiting, but now I've been talking a little bit more about college football, and now I'm gonna talk next week more about water polo, men's water polo, and what that will probably be looking like in the fall and some big names out of uh the big schools. Um, all right. So yeah, keep that for that's gonna be next week. And hopefully, by the end of the month, I'll be having a star guest call in um, who's gonna be a college athlete to talk about uh, what he or she is doing to prepare for this upcoming season at their respected school. All right. So this has been episode number four of college kid talking college sports. I am your host Korea Pounds. And I'll see you next week, guys. Peace.